Hi there, Gav here, and let me just apologise before we get going. Not for the amount of swearing, there's not actually too much in this one. There's a couple of words here and there bandied about by some banterous lads. Um, but yeah, there's a bigger than usual gap between episodes, and uh, for that I would like to apologise. That's down to me, because I edit it, and we've had a busy week with the final of the greatest race. Also, we actually called Johnny on the phone, which is why it sounds a little bit less clear than it normally would uh, we've used all our stocks of Swarfiga up on trying to clean it up and make sure it's not uh, the same listening experience as you had with Guy Martin we also had recorded a separate audio uh, from Neil Hodgson but unfortunately his wi-fi is so bad that he's been unable to send me it try as he might for the last few days anyway it's still less than a week since the last episode so i hope you enjoy it and if anyone's got any ideas how to send a massive large audio file uh, without it being we transfer google drive and all the usual ones that we've tried then do let me know at gavin emmett on twitter Thanks. Hello, welcome back to Gas It Out. We're here again. My name's Gavin Emmett. On the other end, sounding a little bit angry this morning, is Neil Hodgson. How are you, Neil? I'm good. Good. Well, well, I've had better mornings. Go on. I have had better Go mornings. On. Go on. No, it, it, well, the, the problem is it's lockdown. Everyone's bored. Tech There's serious tech shit tech going on in the world. Techie. And I woke up this morning and my phone wasn't charged. How can that become a? How can that be a big thing in your life? But it is. When you look, you know, you pick your phone up and you're five percent battery left. And you're like, what? Anyway, it's it's a long story. I don't want to bore you. you Do you want to hear? You will. The story? You will. <laughs> it's a long story, but that's not stopped you before. So I woke up this morning, <laughs> instantly grumpy because my phone hadn't charged over the night. I mean, so I put the info. Listen to this. Song. No, it's serious. This is serious shit, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Right. So, obviously, Vic's asleep next to me. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we fall in charge. Like, it's the end of the world. All, 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 so all of a sudden, it's her fault. <laughs> yeah. Do you plug it in properly? Obviously, I've plugged it in properly. Like, do I look stupid? So, I'm thinking, oh, I've, I've had this before that. where you get a bit of belly button fluff in it. You know, it just gets full of fluff, doesn't wait, it? So, wait, 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 wait. I get up. Find wait, 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 what do you mean, belly button fluff? I... Well, you know, it's like belly button fluff, isn't oh, it? It's is like it, horrible. Right, okay. it's, it's the distant, so, distant so cousin. Like... It's, the, it's the pocket dirt. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so like, exactly. Belly button fluff, I call it. So anyway, I um, so I find a safety pin, go and have a sit down wee, and whilst I'm having a sit down wee, I'm like hooking it out, and oh, it's like the most rewarding do, do feeling. Do it with a right? safety pin. Do it with a toothpick because they're wooden. You got a chance of oh, shorting right. it with the safety pin. All right. Anyway, so I get all this fluff out, and it's like almost orgasmic because so much came out. I'm like, oh, oh my god. god, look at all that! <laughs> like really chill for myself. So I come back into my room, plug it in. Obviously, it's going to work. Doesn't charge. So I'm like, oh no! Now I'm stressed. So then I get back up. This is stressful because it's all like at six thirty. Walk around the other side of the bed, plug it into Vic's charger, which you think I was trying to rape her at this point because she's like really angry because but... it worked. I went, oh, it works. And she's going, yeah, but that's my charger. And I went, yeah, yeah, no. I just want to make sure that my phone isn't broken. So now I know. So then I go back round and I'm thinking, oh, maybe. I've not plugged it in properly and it's not switched on. Anyway, I check all that. I checked everything and I realised this is after I've gone back. No, it was. Everything was all right. And then I'd gone back downstairs to make a coffee to have a think about it. Then I came back upstairs, got into bed with with a coffee, 
and I'm plugging it in. And then I just looked and realised that my, my drawer next to my bed was slightly open. And I've got a charger in there that's not plugged in. And I just ended up grabbing them. I didn't realise there were two charger ends floating <laughs> around by the side of my bed. No wonder it did. But the stress that caused, that, that 15 minutes of... And I was thinking, oh, no, I've got to speak to Gav. I'm going to have no charge on my phone. That means I can't plug my phone in whilst I'm talking to him. Yeah, it's been a big morning. Blooming heck. I mean, that's, that's yeah. drama. That's drama right there, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it? That's, that's Neil's isn't morning it? right there. Do you know what? I've had a bit of a run for the morning. Go on. Um, well, I, well, do you know what? I've, not been, I've been really good on the self-isolation. I've not been out. I've not been to the shops for the first time. In fact, I went yesterday to, uh, to uh, the supermarket. It was amazing. It's like the best supermarket experience I've ever had in my life. Because we didn't have any it's stuff to run out. I've not been for a month to a supermarket, so I didn't realise. So I queued outside for five minutes, got in, and there's no one in there. All the shelves are full of everything. It's like the best experience yeah, yeah. ever. And everyone's been polite and all that. Yeah, anyway. but are you, are you... Hang on. Are you one of them knobs that then takes the time? Right? I've waited, and I'm now going to have a walk around and enjoy the experience. <laughs> yeah, actually, I am. But that's me on a normal occasion. <laughs> the one thing... Yeah. We, we, I was discussing with Kate yesterday, and I said, the one thing I'm, I'm missing out of coronavirus more than anything is the whoopsie aisle that's my that's my little treat whenever we go to the supermarket is finding the things with the yellow tag on and they had some yesterday in the bloody supermarket Yorkshire obviously bloody Yorkshire man <laughs> anyway uh. my rant this morning was the bank I thought banks were open but I've, I've had the um, my roof got blown off here and I've, I've got a check off the insurance company that's another thing the way the W insurance so what's the point of me even being paid out for it anyway that's one thing I've been buying home insurance this morning it's done me head in uh, but uh, I was trying to pay that check in for the damaged roof um, I've already paid out the money a couple of months ago after the storms right and I'm trying to go to the bank to pay this check in they're queuing 100 metres down the road they're only open two days a week for three hours I understand that fine but the fact was, I was in it for an hour and I hadn't. I had to come back. That's why I'm here now speaking to you. Right. Because, and I never got to pay the check-in. But I sort of think, I'm a bit confused why they're only open for two hours, uh, three hours, two days a week. Anyway, that's my... Yeah, no, that's hang on. me this morning. But banks, banks are shit. Right, I'll tell you, this really annoys me. So why, do, why does a bank... I'll tell you what we'll do, right? We're, we are a service, right? Money's everything. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll close at 4.30. On a, this is before coronavirus. Like, oh, yeah. I turned up at Lloyds Bank to um, pay a check-in because I'm well old. <laughs> Still dealing checks. And it's like, whatever, it's quarter to five. It's, it's locked. All banks. And they don't open until about 9.30. What sort of service is that, though? Seriously, all joking yeah, apart. But, but all joking apart. They you, are crap. You, you try living in Spain, Neil, where banks are only open in the morning. Why? Permanently. They don't, they don't open. Well, you know why, don't you? After lunch. Well, they'll be asleep, won't they? It's Spanish. <laughs> they'll be full on, full on CS. That's them done, isn't it? Wang <laughs> on, we've worked four hours. That's up the I'm knackered. I need to have a, what is it, the drink? Sangria. Give me a sangria, a pint of sangria. Well, they, all drink, they all definitely drink sangria. That's the most common drink in, in Spain. When can I have. Gav, when can I have my tapas rant? <laughs> no, we're not having this tapas rant. I promised people that we would keep it off the airwaves. We're not having oh, it today. Just me, I didn't. Ta- I got time. The most overrated food known to man. I'll tell you what I'll have. I'll have a little bit of everything we're, we're not that's having been this tapas cooked rant. about five hours ago, or maybe ten hours ago, and it's been put. You walk into them cafes in Spain, 
and you can see through the, the like on the counter you look you look and you can see the food there and there's flies landing on it and the calamari looks disgusting you can smell it and and then you say to me oh i love tapas love tapas it's utter crap it's the worst food ever i converted and, and, and you last what year in barcelona spanish Come on, admit it. I converted yeah, that was you different. a little bit. Yeah, but that wasn't. Yeah, that was different. That you took me to a proper posh restaurant, and that was all right. Posh restaurant. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Cerveceria Catalana. If, anyone, if anyone's in Barcelona, it's one of my favourite places. Hang on a minute. Did you discuss? <laughs> well, you didn't watch. Didn't watch the um, the Marquez brothers yesterday that I did with them for the Repsol. Um, Instagram site that was all in Spanish. A couple of people saying, they kept writing in, going, I "Don't understand, don't understand." Or in Spanish when you, I was doing the English bit, speak, speak Spanish. What did they have to, <laughs> the what did they have to say, Gav? Um, um, is Marquez? Is are we going to get Mark on the podcast or what? And that's the. That's did you ask the, him in a big? That's the aim. Yeah, he enjoyed right. being on the greatest race, and he's pleased that his race. He said uh, the last lap of uh, Australia. 2015, which is the one that's got through to the final of the greatest race, um, he said that was his best race lap ever. Bloody hell! There that's a what a what a line. Good line, isn't it? Yeah. Now hang on a minute. It was just sandbagging. He weren't even trying in that race, Gav. Oh, he was just sat been, back, been a lot trying of... to block <laughs> Valentino Rossi. So we got just a lot, deal with it. We got involved in a lot of online Twitter. Um, scraps weren't they going on between anti Rossi and pro Rossi? And it's just there's no middle ground. Why can't there be middle ground in all this world? Why are we all so divisive? <laughs> whether it's Brexit or Remain, whether it's uh, isolate, don't isolate. Rossi Marcus, there's no middle ground. There's no, there is, there is, because the majority are all in the middle grounds and we just love it. Um, but yeah, we got involved in a spat, didn't we? And uh, uh. We, we just laugh because when you're on Twitter and you get roped into one of those. Uh, but I, I think what we should ask, Neil, is our listeners to get on to Mark Marquez and Alex Marquez, to get them on, gas it out, bombard them. Bombard, I think that's the yeah. logical thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that sounds fair. Just harass them. <laughs> that's how we're going to get guests. That's, that's the future. We could go the perfect professional way through their PR people and beg them, or we could just create a load of hassle for them. Yeah. I, I, I like that, Gav. Yeah. You've got to be my estimations with that one. <laughs> Let's bombard them. Uh, yeah. the life help. So we've had loads of uh, lovely comments and do appreciate it. But this week, instead of those lovely comments, can you just fire tweets through to the Marquez brothers? And we'll, we'll get them on. That'd be funny. Hey, I tell you what, um, talking of social media, you know we mentioned Graham Jarvis uh, last time. Have yeah. you seen Graham Jarvis's social distance or his actual yeah. home training in his shed? Quite literally. That was shed. brilliant. <laughs> oh, that went wrong, didn't it? That uh, did go if you wrong. haven't seen it, go and see uh, Graham Jarvis's um, Twitter. You'll find it. Uh, and um, he's so talented, isn't he? Oh, kid. super talented! But he uh, he tries to ride on his shed, and it doesn't go right. If you if you heard the last podcast with Dougie Lampkin, him explaining how he destroyed an ornate wall at, at Goodwood, it's a similar kind of outcome. Uh, from that one. Hey, hey, and by the way, Neil, you mentioned food before, right? Tapas. You still haven't, you can't really speak because you still haven't sent us a picture of the scallops dish. Oh, yeah. What happened was I looked on my phone and then realised Vic took the picture. Because it was Vic. So, because obviously Vic I'd made it. Because Vic made so, it. So, what I'll do is. No, I made, made I it. I bloody made it. What about that, ra that, what about that ramen I made? 
I made some actually yeah, this week. It inspired me and I made it and it was good. And I reckon yeah. it was better than yours. Ramen noodles. I did it I did yeah, it for yeah, a long but... time. It was slow cooked in the pressure cooker. It, was, you know, it took a while and it was the most amazing broth. Anyway, right, let's talk about yeah. Johnny Ray. We better get on Johnny Ray. <coughs> We've got Jonathan Ray coming. Five-time world superbike champion. Um, I mean, he's broken records that have never been done in the sport in terms of uh, winning consecutively, the amount of wins he's getting. He's... Um, turn things around, Neil. He had five years when he came in from, from British Superbike, or from World Supersport, I think it was at the time, but with Honda, where you just thought, there's bagfuls of talent, is he ever going to reach the pinnacle? But he's shown at Kawasaki just what he's capable of, hasn't he? Well, it's, it's the goal, isn't it? I think the, pro- the problem with Jonathan, and we can, we'll talk to him about this, is because he's winning every year, he's won five years on the bounce now, so it's five times world champion, it's become slightly boring for uh, spectators, because like always, you don't want the same guy winning week in, week out. And because of that, I don't think, and I've thought this for quite some time, he gets the credit he deserves. Right, yeah. He's the greatest world superbike rider ever. He's got 88 wins. The next, the next is foggy, and I think he's in about 50, 58, 59 or something. I mean, he's, he's smashed all the records. It's not like he's, he's just about become the best. He's destroyed everybody. And people say, oh, it's the bike, it's this, it's that. You know, I, I know Johnny really well. I've spent a lot of time with him over the years. I go to a, all the World Superbikes now because I manage Alex Lowe's, so I see a lot. And he's the world champion, the five times world champion, because he's the best rider. He's just incredible, honestly. Under pressure, I don't know a better rider. When it's difficult, tricky conditions, and there's a world title at stake... Most people ride tight. I've talked about it before in the podcast. Choke a little bit. Johnny excels. Honestly, he is an incredible rider. He really is. And we'll appreciate him more when he retires. We'll look back on his era and you'll go, God, remember the dominance of Jonathan Ray. Yeah, and he's he's a good bloke. Nice, nice bloke as well and comes across well, I think, uh, just in general. And But it's hard, isn't it? Because, you, as you mentioned, when you are being told that it's boring, you winning all the time. and It's hard, isn't it, to make to find that balance? Of, yeah, yeah, yeah but, well, I'm winning all the time, but what do you want me to do about it? It's that sort of thing, isn't it? I know, but I've got to say, Johnny's so level-headed, never changed once. Like mm. say, I've, I've, I knew him when he was a nobody, and now I know he's like the greatest superbike rider ever. He hasn't changed one bit. Mm. Johnny won't care. I just know he won't. He'll be just like, look, he loves his job. Um, he gets paid very well for it. He loves winning. He's addicted to winning. He, he doesn't care what people think of him. I know he doesn't. It's, well, it, well, we'll ask him, but he's just bothered about, he's a real family man. He's got two lovely kids, lovely wife, um, and just gets on with his life and keeps his head down. And you know what he's like? He's not, he's not a, um, he's not flash, is he? He's not always trying to be, say the right thing or be at the the right do's functions parties he just keeps his head down and he's a winning machine yeah grafter right let's speak to him hello there we now go now then we can there hear you go. better on that one it's a bit it's a bit more Great like stuff. a bit more like a phone line but we can hear you it's not like when uh, Guy did it and uh, it sounded like he'd been drinking Swarfiga. <laughs> Good old Swarfiga, eh? 
Uh, we got a comment <laughs> off Swarfiga. Swarfiga retweeted one of our podcast tweets, which is actually our highlight. We almost stopped the podcast right we've, there and then. Yeah, we feel like we've made it because Swarfiga have acknowledged us. Growing up as a kid, Johnny, how, how often did you have your hands in Swarfiga? Well, do you know what it was back then? It was um, not to piss off your retweet from Swarfiga, but Fast Orange. <laughs> Uh, you're so young, you see. That's what I keep forgetting. <laughs> because um, I, I remember uh, my dad having tubs and tubs of that in the garage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he'd he'd go out and fiddle with his bikes and my bikes, and then would get all get all crusty handed with the the hand wash. Do they still do fast orange? I don't. I haven't seen that for ages. No idea. No, they all come no, in cycles, don't they? Like Swarfiga. I remember anything that I did. If I needed to wash my hands, oh, I need to use Swarfiga for this, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you've just been all you've been doing is colouring in. Yeah, but I definitely need Swarfiga. Definitely need that to clean hey. my hands. Hey, Johnny, t- talking about um, getting freebies and stuff. Did you did you listen to the Dougie Lampkin podcast? I haven't. Not yet. Not yet. No. Well, basically, what? his wife Nicola. They're setting up a gin distillery at their house, and they're going to yeah start making this gin called Cotton Gin. Now I'm going to mention it on every podcast so I can get some free gin. But I know you know Doug as well, so you need to. So you like gin, don't you? You're a bit of a gin and tonic man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind a gin tonic. Yeah. So there you go. We've now got supplier of gin. How good's that? You know, so so he's he's actually launched the name, has he? Yeah. Oof. I don't know how cotton. I don't know how that's going to work, isn't it? Because you start thinking about having a few drinks, and then you wake up with like that cotton mouse at cotton the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Oh, 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 no. oh, oh no. bloody it for you. Oh God! All oh, them man. sales we're about to get, Doug. We now, we've now just you've just got that image in everyone's head now, and that's it. No, I tell you what. If he sends me a pallet of it, I'll like <laughs> I'll plaster it all over my social media. It'd be like the best ever. <laughs> Best sponsor ever, though, eh? Gin, yeah. free gin well, doesn't get any better. Can you imagine? Well, you, you were you were in SBK. I just got into SBK back in the day when um, Corona were involved yeah. with the All Star team. And you know, when when I first joined Superbike back in '08, there was a bit of a culture of like everyone stayed behind on a Sunday night, and it was it was incredible. And well, Francis Batter would always have his hospitality doors open for everyone to come in and and drink his Corona and straight after the Corona deal had finished it was it got another beer sponsor called I think it was Biru B-I-R-U so yeah he was obviously very keen on tapping up the alcohol um, marketing departments it was always great when, when, when Valentino Rossi had his Nastrazzuro the Peroni um, sponsor every Friday <clears throat> you knew 6.30 that's where you'd find Jerry Burgess Alex Briggs and the rest of the crew uh, Dickie Smart, a lot of them, they'd always, they'd always be in the Nasratsuro tent where you'd have it on draft. And obviously you'd always find us in there yeah. as well, myself and Nick Harris. But you'd always find the Aussies in there. It'd be, it was like an appointment. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I've just heard a dog barking. Is it my dog in the background or is it is it Bruno? Oh, it's not Bruno. He's, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, my house has got horrible reception, so I'm sandwiched in my bedroom with the doors shut now, trying to get the only little bit of service I get in the in the house. So Bruno's, um, I don't know where he is, to be honest. How, how is he's he anyway? Getting old, he's, bless him. He's got his own Instagram account, he's, um, hasn't he? Yeah, my little sister's got that, <laughs> bless her. So I, um, 
bit of not a brain fart. I really wanted a dog. I grew up with um, golden Labradors when I was a kid. So when I was living in Northern Ireland, um, I got Bruno about two years, like eighteen months before I headed to the Isle of Man. So Mum offered to have him for um, for a bit, and not for a bit. She managed to like foster him pretty much. So she's he's probably more Bruno, mum mom and sister's dog. And then when I came back to Northern Ireland, we have a you know, decent sized place here and it's you know pretty fair in the dog to, to give him a run. So he ended up coming back, loves the kids. Although I tell you what, I don't, I'm not a runner and I went running yesterday with him. Um, must've only did about, ran about three, three, four K to uh, like a, a swimming hole at a river. And ran back, and my legs—I could, I could barely walk down the stairs this morning. It was, my legs are in tatters. Hey, Gav's a runner. You've been doing a lot of running, haven't you, Gav? I've been trying, but I had a, yeah, I, uh, I managed an eight k on Sunday, but then I, tr- I went out halfway through the other day, and I pulled my Achilles or something. It's tight anyway, it's sore, a little bit sore, so I had to give it up. But oh, when no. you've got this much weight bouncing around. I'm- it's I'm surprised, good. Gav, because you look—you do look like a natural runner to me. Me and Johnny have always said that about you. I'm, I'm Johnny. Just, yeah. you know. <laughs> Especially your, thumb, your thumbnail on the podcast with like the paint in your hand, you're definitely a runner. Watch out, you see a ball. <laughs> that's, that's how you train. That's how you train anyway. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah. that's what, it is It is what it is. Um, obviously, uh, you are back home like all of us, uh, Johnny, lockdown. And you were mentioned before we were cut off to you before um, how you're missing riding. But you've, you've, been, you've been going around getting into trouble with the missus going around on the little pit bike. Yeah, well, I had this idea to it would just make a cool little video to do. It, and she, she really wasn't that keen, to be honest, because <laughs> we had a... We had a party at my house one night, and I I've got one of my championship bikes in the the hallway, and some I forgot to disconnect the battery, and somebody started it, and um, it stunk the house out for like weeks with with fumes. So she wasn't best. I was hard tasked to get past her, but I told her, oh, you know what, you can be in it, and you'll be it'll be mint, you know. And um, I didn't tell her I was sending it to Monster Energy for them to plaster it and make it, make it pretty big. So she's a bit embarrassed now, but. Um, yeah, it was, it was good fun. Good fun. It's like, it's whatever you can do, isn't it, to get you through this period. It's pretty tough. I can imagine it's, you know, it's a lot tougher for some than others, but just from a mental point of view, it's really, um, you know, my life's always been 100 miles per hour, you know, just pretty much dragged from an airport to a track to back home to recharge for a few days and get going again. So it's it's new territory and it's just survival mode, really. Um, the toughest thing is... Um, you know, having the two kids because they just need constant stimulation. Um, and I've, I've got myself a home gym at home so I can carry on exactly what I've been doing with my trainer, albeit at home. And I've got online and done a lot of cycling stuff and I've put myself outside a little bit to do a bit of riding, but it's just having enough energy to keep up with them for the rest of the day without feeling like a bad parent. So God bless the school teachers in the world. Yeah, they're the best. They're best fitness uh, regime, aren't they? <laughs> uh, around. But oh, damn. You, you obviously had the first round of the championship. I'm obviously uh, myself and Neil are focused on MotoGP mainly, but obviously Neil involvement in superbikes. And you had that first round. I just wonder how that feels, having done a round that that things have stopped. Um. Yeah, you kind of forget the round, to be honest, because. I think when things start up again, it's almost like reset again, and it's 
I mean, wherever we start, or if we start, I, I really hope we do get some race in this season. Um, it'll feel like round one, for example, because yeah. there'll be no reference. I mean, I can. I had a great time. I felt, aside from you know, I, I crashed out of race one and in strange circumstances, but a uh, big mistake. But you know, I felt great the whole week there. I, f- I felt like we really improved the bike from previous years, where tire wear was always concerned. So. It just would have been nice to carry on that momentum into the into the next races, but hey ho, it's um, it is what it is, and kind of yeah, we just have to suck it up really. And I mean, they talk they put a calendar out for for July already at Donington, but um, yeah, God knows when it's going to be. But I can't wait to get back. You know, my team are my team are awesome. You know, I miss them guys as much as riding the bike because it's them it's them times you really when you've got good people around you at them times you miss, you know, sitting down mm. in hospitality at night with good people around and a bit of jokes and laughs. And, um, yeah, I sort of really miss that part of it as well as the riding. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's, I mean, it's strange for everyone involved, but when you've got that crew together, um, try to keep in touch, try to keep everything going. Everyone's uh, ends up as well. You've got a lot of Spaniards, haven't you, in your team, and it's not been easy for them over there, uh, either at this time. Um, interesting you actually say how do you feel that things had started then because i was going to say it was an up and down weekend in australia and it, and the fact that you're saying you think the bike's improved worries me or worries the rest of the field i'm sure well you know um philip byron's always not a bogey track because we've had some decent results there but um last year i got tranced by alvaro by i don't know 20 like close to 20 sec between 15 and 20 seconds so it's one of them where there's you can never draw a trend from Philip Island, but it's always good. It's a good shakedown race. Um, we worked hard and in practice to be fast with all tires and stuff. And race one, I just felt you know get to the front like I did. Whole shot it, got to the front, and um, decided just to you know get to lap 22 where the race would start about halfway after looking at the tires and. Tom bought me in, in going to Lucky Heights and I went in the gravel, which put me dead last and a bit. So I had a lot of fun coming through. And um, apart from, I tried to, you know, I was just in the zone of overtaking people. I tried to go around the outside of, I forget who it was, at the hay shed. And I was just on a part of the track that I'd never been in. It's pretty bumpy out wide there. And um, tucked the front, my mistake, a bit silly. But um, anyway, we won the Super Bowl race and then. Race two, I done. I felt like I'd done everything to to win it, and with a few to go, Alex put his head in the wind, but just didn't get stopped up for turn one, and I went pretty wide on the outside of him, and then created a bit of work. But um, happy for him a little bit, you know. You can never be so happy to get beat flat out, but I know that feeling coming to a new team and winning your first race. So great for the team to have a one-two, and um, I felt we put all our ducks in line, but just didn't come off for us so yeah just like I say shame to not carry on that momentum really and um, it's got the championship off to a decent start everyone got excited about Superbike always helps us starting in I definitely think people are excited again I I definitely see I feel that this year I don't know whether whether you'd agree Neil but I do feel like there's a bit of and I'm not saying this is not a criticism of you Johnny we've actually just been talking about how you know, you don't. You're out there winning. You're just doing your job. But 
Um, some people would say uh, that, that they were like, oh, it's boring. Johnny's winning all the time. They say it the same in MotoGP. Mark is winning all the time. And actually, if you look at the racing, it's not always the full story, as we well know of what happened last year in particular. Um, but I think some of the magic came back, Neil. Do you agree? Oh, it was a fantastic race. Hey, this is some service. I'm sat in my bed. Vix has walked in with a coffee. That's some <laughs> oh. service in it. Oh, thanks, Vic. And it, it's, you know, you can look at a coffee and you know it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, Johnny, we said before we, we called you about p- people saying, oh, Superbikes is boring or whatever. And, it, it, you know, part of it's your fault because you've destroyed everybody. But uh, yeah, like Gav says, you don't care. And bloody hell, I wouldn't care. That's a dream come true, isn't it? But I think what we've got now, this season, it, now with Honda coming back as a full factory team, we've not seen that since 2002. Scott Redding coming in, obviously a popular English rider and on the pace, on a good bike. That's a full factory team. Uh, Alex joining you in the Kawasaki team and looking like he's got to grips with the bike straight away. The BMW sort of con- continue, continuing to develop and getting there. I think on paper we've got potentially probably the best World Superbike season coming up we've had for a while. And unfortunately for you, Johnny, I guess, in a way, what's good for us is worse for you. But I also understand that you, you, you understand... And you're happy to have battles because that's when I see you at your strongest, Johnny, is when you're battling because there's no yeah. more aggressive on those first laps. I guess you are excited about that, aren't you? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, I still feel really good. I still feel, I mean, it's, it's to be fair, in my, in my position over the last years, uh, I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, but there's always at the start of the year, everybody's excited. You know, everybody sort of states their claim. And to be fair, if, if it does go right for any number of three or four riders, they could be the guy, do you know what I mean? So it's just trying to detach the emotions from all that and, and see it as, you know, each individual battle, do your best and, you know, tally the points up in, in October, November, whenever it may be. So just try not to get emotionally involved with it. And, but it is good. There's a lot of good riders in Superbike. And you know, there's a lot of good riders in every championship that never actually has the right material underneath them at the right time. Mm. And seems like seems like on Superbike now, the mix of manufacturers, you can't really call number one and number two riders. It seems like a lot of people are actually spending that extra bit of budget, you know, to have a strong backup as opposed to, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket and having a sort of, you know, a, a rider, rider in the second berth that's just making up numbers. You know, all the manufacturers yeah. now, you know, what from a, Yamaha, Honda, Cowie, Ducati, they've all got decent riders on there, so it's it makes it it, it makes the top ten pretty deep. Definitely. What, what are your thoughts on? Um, I've never asked you this on Bautista moving to Honda because it's for me it just it just seemed really strange. You know, it seemed like he was motivated by money. We knew the you know obviously the factory team were coming back, so you've got to give that a certain amount of respect. But he suited that Ducati. He obviously. The first half of the year was amazing on it. It then started to crash, but you would have assumed it would have stayed there. We tried to consolidate, learned from his mistakes and and try and take it to you. What, were you, what are your thoughts on it? I have no idea. It was a bit of a, not a gift for me, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an unraveling because a guy that seemed seem, seemingly, like, that he had no chink in his armour for them first four races. We were thinking, how are we going to ever get our handle on this? And then suddenly... He didn't seem so invincible after Aston and 
and uh, through Emily in the mid part of the year. But I don't know. Obviously, something's gone on behind the scenes because it was a bit of a marriage in heaven. You know, he had. I mean, what he done, moving from GP. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. You, you're coming to ride a completely different yeah. bike, different sensations and feelings, different tires, and he he absolutely drilled us in the first races, like by miles. So. I think there's something going on behind the scenes. Obviously, um, I mean, I think it, um, old. I've, I've spoke to the caddy probably every. My management spoke to the caddy probably every year, so I know what a good um, packet um, Chaz is on. Uh, he takes the most of that budget, so I think probably Alvaro felt pretty undervalued getting the getting the dregs of the rider budget, and right. and obviously Honda came and with a big new proposal. And I think when also when you put an HRC stamp on something and they tell you they're serious, then you've got to sit up and think, well, do you know what? They'll get it right. Maybe not, maybe not in 2020, but I think they're in it to try and win it. So I don't think it's such a bad decision. You've had experience though, haven't you? And I know it's different times. This is a factory effort coming back in from, from Honda's point of view, but, but of Honda telling you something's going to be there, you were there for, for five years. And that was one of the things I've, I always wanted to know from you was i mean loyalty your loyalty was shone through people over in most gp were saying oh matter of time before johnny comes over they'll they'll sort him out so why why so long for you when you were, were riding with the hrc on the side of the bike um well well i wasn't to be fair yeah. it was um i think it was completely undervalued what the 10k team did yeah. in um with honda they got you know they got a wheelbarrow full of cash to go and develop a bike but we got no technical support mm. um and that was that was tough to take because i mean i feel like the first years the bike was probably ready to do decent i mean i arrived and was top five my first season and then fourth and you know i was you know i battled for the championship the year big and, and has them were going at it right to the last until i got hurt at emola i was still in the hunt but then them years that came after that when I was probably ready to you know step up the bike sort of never made any progress mm. and I, I say I, I feel, always feel like I got I feel like Honda still gave me a happy crack you know I got the chance to go and replace Casey um, when he was hurt I went to Suzuki ERs and always felt very valuable but that was probably the problem I was I was too valuable in Superbike and um, and they there was there was no real clear rider that went from SBK to MotoGP and won straight away. Or so it's kind of when they had everything over there. Why take why take me as well? So I did I did feel a bit. There's always a part that'll eat at me that I never got a good chance. I mean, it came. I remember arguing over lunch and walking out on Livio Sipo when um, when he was trying to convince me that these open class Hondas were going to be really good, you know, good value for money, and with a soft tire, you could you could do well. And I told them to. I I can't rem- I can't remember the quote, but I got up, and walked out, and um, he was pleading with me to go and speak with the Aspar team before I left the paddock. And I spent five minutes with them as well, and then left and told my manager, I said, "Hey Chuck, we need this Cali deal. Do not mess it up." Mm because I came close the year before going there. And, um, I mean, it just back then when the GP was in a 
bit of a mess with the CRT situation and it was so hard to be competitive. How could you convince a rider that a bike that cost one million quid was going to be the same performance as one that spent that cost three million quid? And all I wanted was, you know, to go there and with the same equipment. I felt like I deserved it um, after all the years in Superbike. And um, but yeah, it didn't happen. So a bit, bit peeved. But if I hadn't, if I didn't get sort of pied by Honda, I wouldn't. Um, be a five times world champion with Kawasaki well sometimes it's sliding doors in it on these things how things work out ultimately but what what to what because people are always asking us there's two two questions people are uh, asking all the time <clears throat> about you or and Kawasaki I suppose one is will Kawasaki ever go back into MotoGP we always say why would they why would they want to when they're dominating and winning everything with with you so has that conversation ever been had between yourself and Kawasaki and what options have you had over the last few years for MotoGP, have there been options? If you're talking to Ducati, I'm assuming that you know that there have been options as well in in MotoGP for you. Um, well, I I doubt Cowie will go back to to GP. I mean, that would be a dream. Um, but I, I really, I've never had the conversations, but I I don't feel it, mm. you know, uh, in my body. And options I've had, not many, to be honest, Gav. Um, you know, people, I hear the same things you'll hear and I should do this and I should do that. But in an ideal world, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to go and pick pick what I wanted and do it. But in the past, there's been not too many, um, nothing concrete for sure. Um, I think the year, the year Danny was talking about retirement, I was, um, I think it was around the Le Mans weekend. Mm. Um, Chuck was there trying to, trying to get on that. Repsol bike, maybe I was out of contract at Cowie and would have been cool to go there. Um, but it was this sort of back burner deal. You know, I was sort of put on the back burner because I feel like the, you know, the Lorenzo thing was, was happening at Honda. Um, and aside from that, you know, Aprilia came to see me once and, but that's, that wasn't something I was, I was really that interested in, to be honest. You know, I, um, I really find a home at, <laughs> you know, I hear exactly. You know, I listened to the your podcast with Scott, and I thought it was great how he talked about you know just not feeling not feeling at home with um, Aprilia, and not feeling the love and whatnot. Mm. And um, you know, if you're, it's a bit like you know, in in life, you think about even you know. I, I feel really happy at Kawi. It's like a it's like a really good marriage. If you think of Kawasaki as my wife, she's She's meant, you know, everything. I love going out with her. Things are great, but you always you're at the beach, you know. And there's this nice, there's this nice other thing that walks in front of you, and you like you think about it. It's oh, that looks pretty nice. But I'm in love with my wife. You know what I mean? So I love, I love the, I love everything about it. You know, from from the factory side of things, how I'm treated there. They really respect what I've done, and um, all the team as well. So why? Why change anything? I think I'm 33 now, so probably got. If I was motivated, and I think Colin, can't remember what age Colin was, Neil, when he made the step. It was about 30, I think. Yeah. 29, 30. Yeah. Yeah. So no, you know, realistically, I'm not going to go there and, and compete for a championship in GP because you need to be schooled there. I feel to do that, and so I find my niche, and I'm really happy with it, and that's. That's where we're at, really. And we yeah, don't, and you we sleep don't blame well you. at night, Johnny. Exactly. Yeah, we don't you, blame you for exactly. it. Exactly. 
Yeah, you're not you're not lying in bed rocking, going, oh, bloody hell, if I just got a chance at MotoGP to prove to everybody how good I am. You know, the glass is so half full. Greatest super bike rider ever. Mm. Five world championships so far. Yeah, but not I allowed mean, it's, Not allowed it, on any not... more beach holidays, though, now, when Tarsh is No. <laughs> yeah, I've never, you know, I've never experienced what you're saying, Jonathan, at all. You know, I've never, that's never happened to me at all, ever, you know. <laughs> no, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. But yeah, I wouldn't, um, you know, I'm such a good place. That, I think Superbike as well. I really... I really enjoy the the work and home life balance. You know, we got we got thirteen races a year. You're sort of well rewarded for it, and it's not that taxing. You know, you're not you're not as in the public eye as in MotoGP, where if you you know if you have a sniffle in the paddock, it's reported about. You know, this guy's a bit sick or whatever. Or in Superbike, I think we've got pretty pretty easy reign of having that balance right and mm. i appreciate that i appreciate coming home and getting on with normal life and you know taking his kids to school and not being a massive huge deal that you know that the motor gp thing would bring um, i mean i mean it's not it's quite so a that, big deal when there's massive portraits of you in your hometown though which i've seen Joe, <laughs> Joe that, no that. i mean i i do have great support from home especially from home you know I think I should get um, a bit of commission off SDK, you know, when, when the, pretty much a lot of Northern Ireland turn up to these races now. And it's, it's, I can be so proud when I go out and see how many people are traveling to see us. It's, we're such a small place, but I think, you know, Joey Dunlop paved the way for people like me and then Joey and Jeremy in the world, the GP stage. And then, um, you know, we're a big sport. We're a small nation, but a huge sporting nation mm. from golf and, rugby, football and, and motorbikes, it's, um, yeah, very lucky. And, and do, do you know what, as well, that I feel for Jonathan a little bit, because you do get the odd punter going, ah, well, you see, Johnny, you see, you know, the, the expert punter, Johnny, he, he, he never had the balls to go to MotoGP. The reality is the opportunity wasn't there. That's, you know, that's fact. But that's like the, yeah. that's like the same punter that comes up and goes, ah, well, you're not a real racer because you don't race on the roads. And oh, mate, I, you'll, you've, never, you, you'll never believe this. I remember having, I almost had a guy with the throat one night outside Colours about one o'clock TT week. He came, he came up to me with his chest out, pointing in my face saying, you're not a real racer. I was like, what do you mean, mate? He says, you're not a real racer. You don't do the TT. Yeah. I was like, you know, you just have to take a deep breath and think, it's, <laughs> I mean, those yeah. guys don't give a shit about World Superbike, never mind GP. It's like, just yeah. the TT. And, you, you, um, you, you feel like, but who are you? Who are you to talk yeah. down to me, though? You know what I mean? You don't go around talking down to people. But isn't it weird what people like? People do that to you, don't they? Could have found yeah, yourself on the front it, page of the, uh, of the Isle of Man paper, though, if you'd have got involved, wouldn't you? Neil yeah. knows all about that. <laughs> oh, yes. How you doing? Go on, tell us that, Neil. Was there something about riding dirt bikes illegally or something? Yeah, on the beach. Me and Doug were on the beach and we ended up... I thought we got front page, but I've exaggerated the story. We got page two. So, yeah. yeah I thought I was going to... I thought I wasn't going to be front page, but I felt... If there was paparazzi in the Isle of Man, I think I remember once in the early years, Tarsh was giving me hell coming back from time one night in the back of a taxi. I thought, fuck me, this is going to... Like, people are just going to be Chinese whispering everywhere thinking... My wife's a ball breaker, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, hey, it kind of went unnoticed. Hey, you couldn't even get front page of MCN when you won the championship in World Superbike. 
Because of that, you know. Oh, that annoyed me. Oh, that annoyed, annoyed me, annoyed Johnny, so much. That was so disrespectful. I Five think I times one. Oh, yeah. Was it four? T- was it a year ago then? Yeah, that yeah, then. Was, uh, got, yeah, yeah I can't. Previous. Wait, we got lucky at MCN for a year. Like you did, Neil, because you came up. I think Michael Guy was covering, wasn't he? Yeah, Michael was brilliant. I'm with JT and stuff, and Michael was amazing. You know, he gave. And he was MCN, and he, he had a passion for Superbike, but, I mean, it is the biggest weekly motor... Do you know what I can't, can't get, right, is I grew up in sport, in motocross, and all I think about is racing and being competitive. I don't understand how, you know, bikes are actually... There's a business in commuting. You know, I, I don't see that about riding a bike to work. I just see riding a bike mm. as racing. So I don't know how many pages MCN donate to a new model and six pages on racing or eight pages on racing. It was kind of, that kind of baffled me for a bit. And then, you know, we'd, I've always, in the last year, Superbike would get, even from MotoGP, but even BSB would trump Superbike when it comes to national coverage. And um, that's, that's sometimes hard to take because we got so many good British riders from, you know, Camir, Tom, Alex. Um, you know, there's so many. But I feel like all the best UK riders now are, are in the World Championship. Of course, mm. there's the next wave of young ones will be coming through the British Championship and whatever. But I feel like I got such a good year when I went to Supersport and, and BSB. I was riding with all the same guys I'm racing with now in the World Championship. So, you know, that class of 06-07 was, was mint. How, how do you get on with... I, w- I want to know how you get on with the other Brits because I know there have been a few spats, whether it's been with... Eugene and Chaz, you had a couple of spats here and there, and Tom. Obviously, you were teammates, but there was always this, always this friction. We know there's tons of Brits in World Superbike. So, what is it? How how do you all get on? Do you all get on? Yeah, well, you get on with other people like in normal life. You get on with some people better than others. There's always the 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 rivalry between Tom and I. It was like an entertain thing, and that was more of a case of managing our not our egos, but our like development egos. It's always seemed like mm. Tom wanted the bike to be like this. And I wanted the bike to be like that. And to be fair, between Tom and I, there was more of a rivalry between the two crew chiefs. Um, but I mean, Chaz has probably, he's probably been my biggest racing rival over the last, aside from Alvaro last year. Um, Chaz has probably been my biggest racing rival. So that hasn't always been when you're competing so tough with a guy week in, week out. It's not always the, not always the easiest, and then you know some some stuff that gets talked about in the media and blowing things out of proportion. It's always not easy, but um, yeah, I feel like probably Leon's one of the guys I get on with the most because we sort of our careers had the a very similar path from BSB um, to World Championship. He's a guy in a similar position with me, with a you know a racing dad. Um, you know, a young family and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, he's a guy that I you know, have a lot of time for. And then young Top Rock that came up sort of in the Kawasaki family. Mm. Now he's at Yamaha. I always, you know, I had a soft spot for him, you know, because he was, he was pretty a raw talent. And in super stock trim, he really, he really flattered the bike. He was doing things on it that was incredible. So when he jumped to super bike and, I always go around to the, his team, Pachetti team. They do. They've got a really good chef, so I eat in there quite a lot. And um, so I always uh, 
always helped him out in the first years. I'm kind of regretting that now because he's, <laughs> he's, he's the real deal. I've got to say, though, I would have... We're so different, Jonathan. I couldn't have helped him. I'd have had to have been teaching him all bad things. <laughs> I'd have been turning into the corners early. I just Because <laughs> you, you no did. You, you took him under your wing, didn't you? You really did help yeah. him. I kind of... <laughs> we were at... Um, oh, to the point it got... I forget his first test, maybe on a superbike, we were at Portimao. And he goes pretty decent there anyway on the stalker. And he, he was on the superbike and went to test. And we were... I forget how we were communicating. I think it was the show guys. We were communicating through the show guys when I would exit pits and when we would put a new tire in. And I was sat in the garage thinking, right, I'd be all right. I'll put my head down and he'll be there, thereabouts, but I'll, I'll be faster than him at the end of the lap. So he puts new fresh tires in sort of three o'clock in the afternoon before we, you know, put a full stop on the day. And he, he had it out of pit lane behind me. And I thought, right, I'll give him three corners I can still hear his engine you know at turn five going around that tower it would be a disaster and he was right there and he clung on to me and I think I dragged him to like a 41 point whatever like a super fast time at the time and he got second in his sort of rookie test and I was like no way he's like and Perry told me right then and there don't you know you got to stop doing this but, <laughs> but I, I I can't help it I always I rate myself that if I do my best if I'm towing someone around, if I do my best, you know, it's that's my best. Doesn't matter if someone's behind me. Really, they they're going to do what they can do. But um, yeah, there's some talent I, in it. I, I do reckon. Though, I do. I, I do feel like I'm I'm not done with world championships, but I feel like he'll be the next one. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. It was interesting. Scott said that as well. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny. So you're 33 years old now. You're coming to the end of a contract with Kawasaki at the end of this year. Um, obviously, I know you, you're in talks with Kawasaki. That's the obvious. How many more years do you think you've got in you? What would you say? Because every time I've, I remember talking to you, obviously, we talk a lot. Going back, yeah. like when you was like 28, you were going, just two more seasons, Neil, and I'm definitely <laughs> done. And, I, and I'd laugh with you. I'd go, listen, wait till you get into that second season and you won't feel like that. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, no, I will, definitely. I'm like, you won't, mate. I promise you, you won't. And so that's why I'm intrigued to know what you're feeling right now then. Um, yeah, two more seasons. <laughs> <laughs> two more I mean, seasons and, then, and, and then I'm yeah. done. And then in two more years, we'll have to revisit that. But uh, yeah, of course, I'm talking about the future. And um, do you know the hardest, the hardest years were when the kids were born because we were dragging them around the world. And mm. Now they're up a bit and they're actually cool little humans to hang around with when you take them to a race as well and I think life being easier at home makes it easier to go away if you know what I mean yeah so um, yeah I don't know I think um, I think as long as you I don't want to because now I'm I feel like I'm at the top you know I'm peaking in my career but the only way is sort of down I don't I've got that, that fear of you know, climbing to the top of the tree and then hitting every branch on the way down and, and nobody putting their arm around you and telling you, hey, dude, it's time to stop. Maybe maybe we should... Um, we'll revisit the, the Isle of Man um, regularly, Neil, and you can, you, we can take me out and you can say, right, dude, now's the time. Remember the, that conversation we had? We've got it on record here. Yeah. Make sure and come and tell me that because, um, yeah, I don't want to be... 
I don't want to just keep riding around for the paycheck. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, be I don't think it, but you won't, you won't do that. Jonathan, think about this. How many times did I come round to your apartment, sit there, me, you and Tarsh, before you got kids even, talking about, right, so I'm going to... I'm going to stay with Honda for another year because, right, no, listen, Neil, listen, right, they're definitely going to improve the bike. Now, Kawasaki have offered me a deal. Now, and, I'm, and I was going, now I'm not trying to... Oh, yeah, t- I told you all about this, didn't I? How many times, though? We must have had this conversation at your house at least five times. And I, I kept saying, go green, just go green. And you're like, no, 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 but Honda, they've, they've promised me. And this, and I'm like, you've, you've paid your dues at Honda. Kawasaki's yeah, the yeah. way forward, mate. You've got to go there. And you're like, no, I don't, I'm not too sure. So basically, yeah. I've worked out percentage what you owe me now, <laughs> and um, we'll have a conversation after this. But it's it's quite it's quite a lot. Well, a shandy do. I, I know you're I, a bit of a shandy drinker. I'm easily bald. I'll take a shandy. I'll <laughs> <laughs> finish him off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, and what about your um, kids? Because obviously, you're the son of a racer. So. Is there any encouragement about them or any any disencouragement about them ever wanting to ride and race? Do you know what, mate? They're just into football at the minute. That's um, good. And they're actually pretty decent at riding as well. Um, Jake's got a little Husky 50, which Brilliant. They're, they're evil little things when you get them wound up. Um, and Tyler, he's four. He's got a PW 50. So, um, yeah, they're... But they're just into football. No, that's the that's the future. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got a deal. I got a deal with Jake that if he if he signs for Barcelona, the deal is he has to buy me and me and um, Tarsh an apartment in um, Barcelona. They're down on the sea. I'll have yeah. that. I think that's that sounds cool. Fair swap, fair swap to me. <laughs> but you know, you, know what's, you know what's really good about Jake? Now he's. Um, He's six, but we can actually play. We've been playing FIFA on the PlayStation quite a bit. And I have to try my best to even have a nil-nil game now with him. He's, <laughs> it's so much fun putting the time in at the minute. And, um, yeah, he fancies himself as the next Messi. Oh, that's cool. That's well, let's hope that happens. Hey, Johnny, I want, to, um, I want to go back just... I want to go back to the first time I heard your name proper mentioned, and that was when you got pole position. Was it 2005? In, in BSB, British, yeah. Yeah, BSB on that, like, satellite Honda. How old was you then, about 17, 18? Uh, 2005. I was, yeah, I was just 18, yeah. Just 18. So, do you know, I think, I think it might still be the youngest ever pole position. Maybe. Well, it will be, won't it? Nobody else will have had the pole position in, in British superbikes. At that age. But yeah, what was funny, did, have I ever told you the story? I was racing in America at the time. And I remember being in America, checking the qualifying results of BSB. And I remember thinking, oh my God, how shit is BSB now? This, even this young Irish kid that no one's heard of has smoked everybody in qualifying. <laughs> the level must be so low. Now, when you think, think of the riders I was talking about then, there was like, obviously, probably Camia, Cal... Sykes, Eugene, Rutter, you know, like, Peel, yeah. Lavia, Haslam, yeah. Yeah, like it was like stacked with talent, but because <laughs> I'd never heard of you, I was like, this kid can't be that good, you know. Like, I, yeah, that must have been amazing for you, though. No, it was, but that year was it was a horrible year that year. Um, because I was coming off the back of a, a broken leg from Supersport, and um, don't know why, but you know. 
Tuxworth and the, the sponsors had agreed to put me up to Superbike. And back then, the, the, there was a lot of investment from HRC in the British Championship to develop Mitchell and Tyres for um, Suzuka 8 hours. And um, so there was a factory team. And then they sort of they made this thing like a homemade fire blade. And it was, it was like a light switch. It had so much power, but so hard to control. And um, yeah, I'm so lucky that I had somebody else paying crash damage for me when I was starting <laughs> out because I crashed my brains out that year. And then uh, got a bit more sensible in 2006. But it was surreal because that Red Bull Honda team was part of the official Honda, like the HM plant team back then. So you were teammates with like the best guys in the paddock. So these guys like Rutter and Kianari and Carl Harris, they became... Like they were household names back in BSB days, and they sort of just became people to me now, not really idols. And you hung out with them, you had dinner with them, and then you sort of you, you fed off them, got loads of experience. So I got fast track there, and um, I got involved with Chris Pike back then. He was an engineer at Honda that was that he worked with, you know, Colin when he was at doing his sort of Castrol Honda years. So I had great people around, and that um, that really helped. Yeah, that was unbelievable. It was stunning. Anyway, that was the first time I'd heard your name mentioned. It made me laugh. Do you know the next, the next, I think the next time we met, right? Do you remember being at an awards night? So, or not, maybe a dinner? Yeah, in Ireland. And we ended up with your brother, yeah. me, you, your brother, and Callum Ramsey. Yeah, bloody hell. And we, we, had, we had told this group of people that we were from a boy band. <laughs> and you were drinking shandies and tipping them into a, into a plant pot. What the? Now that that is that tells me that that was a true story. Hang on, yeah, Vic's, co- I, hang I on, Vic's to... shouting me. I think I need to go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But because yeah, honestly, back then you were um, not to blow smoke up your hole, but you were you were a bit of an idol. I think men and motors had covered. I th- that could have been the O three season. It would have been right because I just made it into road racing. Old men and motors had covered your season. I forget what the. I bet you've still got the DVD and you play it, it a lot. What is it? Uh, it, it it's on now. Hodgson's Way or something, or. Uh, I'm trying to pretend I don't know what it's called. I'm trying to pretend I don't know what it's called. Pretend you don't know what it's called. But it's, it's called the highlights. You know it, it was it called was like, back on. The highlights of the highlights. <laughs> no, it was. It was everything. It was the highlights of the season. It was behind the scenes. And do you know what? I seen this. I seen this house and this DVD back then. I thought. Oh, do you know what? I want a piece of that. And you had a you had, what you had a fancy car, didn't you? Sitting in your drive. Yeah, Porsche. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, check this dude. And then we're out drinking together. Obviously, I'm underage because I was <laughs> it was only 2003. But we're out at that hotel, and I thought, that's that guy off Men and Motors. I was like, oh, legend. So, oh yeah, good time. What a disappointment! And he's drinking shandies, and he's pouring them away. <laughs> What an absolute lightweight. Yeah, I was flat broke. I would have had it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember, because you you were you were like, this will sound harsh, what I'm going to say, but you were like chubby, weren't you? You'd like a chubby little round face. Back, yeah. Which is yeah, weird. Was, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually less kilos now than I was when I rode a 125 in that first year. <laughs> God love my little 125. Amazing. That's super. Now, now Neil's at a stage where he's drinking pints and driving a Ford Fiesta. So it only gets better from I mean, this point no, on. But you, no, but you're do, you, he's doing well. He's got, he's, um, I remember when we were in the Isle of Man, he used to 
we'd catch up for coffees a lot and would hang out and he would always go to the gym but it wasn't like conditioning training it was always like beach body training oh yeah 100% vanity weights so <laughs> but, you know, I, I think um, no, you're doing well mate you're doing really well because I um, I mean I hope when I when all said and done with my race and I've still got motivation to look after myself and whatnot because um, yeah it's a uh, a strange it's a strange feeling when you I, that's what i was thinking about what happens after you stop racing you know there's that mental block what do you actually do and i remember talking to you yeah, well, quite a lot I about it. Lock, lockdown's a bit like it yeah well, i've been doing great till um I, I'm, I still feel like i'm doing great we try and have a bit of a routine um i do homeschool with the kids tuesday and thursday tars does the rest of the week and then and then you just have a routine but um I think after I think we're all telling ourselves life's going to be back to normal pretty soon, but then um, when I retire, that might be my new normal. Might just be trimming hedges and cutting grass. You know what I mean? Not for the rest of your life. <laughs> Imagine. I come up on you boys. You look like you've got it pretty easy at BT Sport there. Hundred percent. It's We'd not love easy it. for me. I've Don't got to work with Neil Hodgson. No, it looks looks like a lot of fun. A lot of travelling though, so it's. Um, I bet, I bet it's not as glamorous as it um, as it seems on TV. But there's a lot of tedious stuff you have to do. Yeah, there there is, but ninety percent of it we love, don't we, Gav? Really, it's like everything. You know what I mean? Everything, every job has. Yeah, I'm 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 just going to build you up here to to attack your pay rise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like sound like, what? Do you hang on, Gav? Do you get paid? You no, get, what? no, are you? What? Oh no, we do it for the love, Johnny. We it's do it for the love. We do it for the love. Passion, passion. Um, Neil, right? I think it's I, I think it's time. I know. Do you agree? Yeah, I can feel it. I just felt it in the shandy. It's time for the big Johnny. You know what's coming? What? It's the big questions. <laughs> it's going to oh, need go the on, jingle soon. Hang on. Yeah, we need. I want a jingle. In fact, I'm not doing this again, Gavin. To you, sort of jingle out. So it, it's it's my big questions. This is where the people at home that are listening. They really get to know the true Jonathan Ray. The, not the man that's on TV, <laughs> not the five-time world champion, but the, the, the true working-class lad. Go on, right, first question. So you've been out, you've had a few pints of Guinness, right? Now, I don't know if you drink Guinness. Do you drink Guinness? Uh, not really. Not really oh. a beer drinker, but go on then. Right, yeah, anyway. Right, so you've had a bit of Guinness. You know, you've had you've had too much uh, lager, bitter, or Guinness, and you're at that point in the night. You're about five pints in, and you think, "Poof, I'm pretty leathered, but I need some. I'm getting a bit tired with this. I need something. I need something to build me up. I need like a bit of a pick me up drink. What's your pick me up drink like? What what do you go for? Um, are you you go for shots? Are you going to get a gin and tonic? No, no. Do you know what? I'm just consistent. If I, like I, to be fair, I don't drink a lot, but if I do go, I, I, I don't tend to, I just stick to, I'll probably have a few, but see, I'm opposite to you, don't I? You can't go out and have a drink on a full stomach. Uh, yeah, your memory is good. Yeah, Not is. at all. You see, I, 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 I go out for a feed, have a few glasses of wine, and then if I'm going out to a bar later, I'll have a few nice sort of posture and tonics and a nice glass and I'll call it a night, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if I'm a bit tired and that, I'll have an espresso martini. Oh, there you go. That's the answer. Oh, that's one. Of, oh my! Yeah. The problem is with them though is when you've had your five pints, you have your first espresso martini, you think, oh, actually, that's on the trick. 
But then you have four oh, more. One. Yeah, and then it, you just... And then it just all goes wrong, doesn't it? And then you buzz in yeah. and then you don't sleep. Yeah, and it's a mess, isn't it? Right, so that, that so espresso martini was your answer. Right. Um, you, when you're racing, you're on a diet, you know, you, or you're being healthy. What's your treat? Mm. You know, like... Uh, do you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have a McDonald's, or I'm going to I'm going to drink. Or what's your treat? Uh, chocolate. Right. What chocolate? Fair point. Chocolate. Which, po- which one? Can we get a sponsor, Gav? Which one? <laughs> oh, loads. Do you know I've been polishing. I'm still polishing off the kids' Easter eggs from Easter. Right. I can't help myself. Hey, can I tell you a funny story about um, diet? Right. I've Go noticed on. that us racers are like head fragile and everything, but. The only thing I could get my head, my, my hands on going to Phillip Island the year I started with Cali was a McDonald's on a Wednesday. There's one on the Bass Highway going to the track. I was desperate. I had a McDonald's and I won the race. And the same happened in Thailand. You know, it was the only thing I could trust going to the track was a McDonald's. I did the double there. So I'd convinced myself that I needed to have a McDonald's every single Wednesday of the season. So the hardest one to find a McDonald's was in Sepang because... When you land at that Kuala Lumpur, you turn sort of right and go to the, the hotel. Well, you stay in the hotel mm. or you go right to the circuit. Well, on Wednesday, me and Kev took like the shuttle into Kuala Lumpur just to find a McDonald's. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, that's a good... I that's mean, so I love amazing. that as a, a routine. That's fun. That sounds like out of my book. <laughs> <laughs> Gav, can Not we bad. get to that routine? Yeah. Big Mac chips and six McNuggets. There you go. Oh, he's oh. gone for the chaser. The nugget chaser. Oh, good luck. Oh, yeah. I like that. What What about milkshake? Oh, I don't, I've never had a milkshake from there. What? Yeah, oh, my me, God. Me, Johnny, me, you don't know what you're missing. Maybe a Smarties McFlurry if it's like above 20 degrees. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> right, n- next question. Next question. You fancy yourself as a bit of a motocrosser. Obviously, I know you were a schoolboy British motocross champion. I've ridden with you. Obviously, you're not quite as quick as me. But um, who, out of all the road race guys, I'm joking, by the way, obviously, you're amazing. Um, who, out of the road race guys, is the fastest motocross rider that you've been with? Or, or can, you smoke, can you smoke them all? It depends what track we're on, doesn't it? I rode with Mark. Mark's pretty fast. He rides motocross like he does MotoGP. <laughs> and we rode at his... You know, we ride... We've rode together most most off seasons and his track in, in Spain a track called Ponce he's pretty fast around there we're pretty similar but fastest do you know who the fastest is is the American kid Jake Gagne oh yeah right yeah I think he scored points at an AMA National like yeah I'd heard ago. that I'd heard that he'd done an AMA National yeah so I reckon he'd, he's the fastest no question yeah definitely he sounds like he's the man <coughs> right, who would win in an arm wrestle between you and Mark Marquez? The champions against each other. I can see it. This could be a TV program, Gav. Do you know, I fancy myself against Mark in an arm wrestle. Yeah. I'd have gone with yeah. you. I'd, yeah, yeah I reckon. Right, so we've had the warm-up questions. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, you know the last question is the, more, the main question, really. It's the main part of the whole podcast, really. So, I forget this one. <laughs> Jonathan... Who is your favourite motorcycle racer that ran a three-digit number? <laughs> oh, it's Ben Bostrom. It 
was always Lambrusco. <laughs> oh, them sideburns. It was looked good as well. It, it, it was, he looked good. It the has bike to looked be good. You, Neil. Oh. I, I'm gonna to be yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on. Go on. I'll just, I'll be quiet. Just say that again clearly, just so we can get it, so it's recorded. Who, who was that, Jonathan? No, it was Neil Hutchinson. But you got to tell me because because <laughs> of your DVD, you obviously know the name of your DVD. What was it called again? I can't remember. I've got a lot of bloody brain fart. I don't know. Because, uh, because, because you know, like how um, your know, videos have gone now and editing and stuff. I bet if you look back on it now, the sort of production would have been crap. You know the. Yeah, like it was probably well shot and a great story back then. But then, if you look back now, that the way camera people have gone and production crews, it would have been really out of date. So it'd be cool, it'd be cool to search it and watch it again, actually. Yeah. Well, when I watched it two days ago, it didn't look bad. <laughs> it did, yeah. Honestly, it, it looked all right. It looked all right. So, uh, what was <laughs> it called then? Hang on, what's it called? The book? No, that book I did was back on track. Was it not Hodgson's Way? No. 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 And you know, you must, you must, um, when, when people think about your career, there must have been like a landmark. And I think one of the landmarks was when you won the championship and Jan did your leather suit and you had Holly Jean t-shirt on. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? That was amazing. That was super cool. You know, to have, hey, would, you still have, would you still have done that if you hadn't have won? What do you mean? Well, you won the championship, didn't you, with that race? Yes. But I didn't if you win hadn't the race. won the championship. No, I know, I know that got you, doesn't it? Oh God! You had I'm the so... you had the counts on me in 2015, and I didn't. Win. Oh yeah, we've had the conversation. I forgot about that. Yeah, we both. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. That's bizarre, isn't it? That you win the world championship, it's everything you've ever dreamed of, but you didn't win the race, and you nearly did, and you screwed up. So you cross the line, and you go. I know I'm world champion, but I'm really, really pissed off right now. And, I know, and then you, you have to celebrate, even though you yeah. you you're acting. So, like me, did you? I bet you had everything planned, didn't you? How you were going to celebrate? Yeah, you, all you had a dream of your championship party. Who was going to be there? Yeah, blah blah Everything. blah. I had that all planned, and it happened, and fucking none of it happened. <laughs> it was a disaster. Because <laughs> tell us about your you, you, what happened. It was in Harris, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in Harris. That was my worst result of the season. I was fourth. It was horrible. Yeah. I know. I didn't even get on the podium. Can you imagine <laughs> being a world champion in the first race of the year and, you, and you're, you've gone into part firm and you don't even deserve to be there? <laughs> oh, God. And everyone's there with the T-shirts on and you're hey, going... And get this, oh. get this, right? I'm there as a world champion, doing my world championship picture on the podium after all the, the real podium guys have left. And the super stock race is going off in the background. And I'm like, oh, can you Oh, imagine? no. Oh, God. It's, well, it's not how you imagine it, is it, Johnny? That's the that's the reality. That's it's like I thought it was going to feel better than this. This is not what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There you so, go. So hang on, I found it. The DVD, but what's it? Number you've, one bestseller. Um, it's fa- it's called it's called Ride to Win. Neil Hodgson, Ride to Win. Oh, they, that went through the Ride marketing win. department, there you go. didn't it? Bloody neck. Ride to Win, good lad. Great title. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's an absolute classic, stone cold classic, right yeah. there. Wow. Uh, only available on VHS, so don't try and order it anyone on, uh, unless you have one of those. It doesn't do streaming. Right, right, right. So, right. so here's one for you. When, what, what, what's your take on when we're going to get back racing? I, I'm, I'm Mr. Negative. I'm like, I just can't see it. Unfortunately, because it's world championships. I think there'll some, be some BSB races near the end of the season. But I can't. I just can't see everybody being in line 
for there to be a, the world world championships to to actually happen. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. God, I hope I'm wrong. What do you so think? Well, I, I think, I, you know, we've always gone a bit opposite on this. I think towards middle end of August, they'll be behind closed doors and that's how it would be. That, but yeah, whether whether even that'll happen is a, a big if, isn't it? What about yourself, Johnny? What are you reckoning? What have you heard on the grapevine? No idea, to be honest. You're probably more informed than me. But I guess from, from a mental point of view, just trying to keep seeing, I'm just um, trying to target getting ready for that race in July, which I think don't don't believe is going to happen, but um, which is a real shame, you know, but yeah, tough times. But I think racing's a priority. It's not a priority anymore, is it? It's about people you know. getting, I mean, it's close to home with me. My little sister, she got dragged out of university to to go and work in her nurse. She, she, like her graduation was this year. Oh, and wow. um, so she started, she started work early. So it's, and, but, yeah, it's it's strange, I and mean, then I'm just trying not to read into all the conspiracy stories that's going around and stuff. It's just um, just doing the right thing and trying to get through this, and we'll, we'll come out the other side stronger, hopefully. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's that's funny you say that, though. I, I, yeah, I'm the same, not trying to read into all these bloody conspiracy theories, and you're just like, let's just get over this. Well, my, my favourite, well, not my favourite, but the, the best bit is, you look at some, some of the Americans are there with their guns, going this this is bullshit man you know like what what you but what are you doing with the gun first of all what who are you going to shoot well the, what? the, the ones that got me most were the ones that were out demonstrating but in full protective equipment i'm like well do you think yeah. it's a problem or not it was really bad or not yeah <laughs> it's yeah. brilliant isn't it but you only have to but. watch tiger king to understand where some of these Americans are coming from, you know, and I, you know what I'm like, I love America, but, but yeah, there's some loom balls there, aren't there? My God, unreal. <laughs> unreal. Let's hope there's no Americans listening. No, but, no, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not generalising, but there are some aware. absolute loonies over there, aren't there? Actually, so. yeah, quite a few, Neil, so thanks for uh, destroying a lot of our audience, but that's fine, you know, we can, we can bounce back from this, we can bounce back from this. Uh, Johnny, we <laughs> oh, better let you go, because you've got, it's, it's your homeschooling day, and I'm worried about the boys. I'm worried they're not going to get there. Uh... No, they're all, I've done my. They did two hours, but I'm I'm done now. So, um, yeah, you guys have a cracking day you and uh, keep up the good work. You keep up the yeah. uh, the practice on FIFA and uh, give Jay a right. good, good match, <laughs> won't you? Yeah. Uh, right. Good to speak to you, Johnny. Appreciate you uh, yeah. getting, getting sorted for signal and all that, and uh, hopefully speak to you soon and see you at a racetrack soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Top man. Great to catch up. He sounds like a man just at ease with everything. Um, not easy for anyone at all. We all know we're all in the same boat of being locked down, but we well, yeah, wanting to get back. You had that taste of the season and to get started. But very level-headed as he showed with his reaction to it. Oh, look, there's more important things in the world, and that's just him, isn't it? He's, uh, he's always like like I said, he's always been the same. He's, he's not changed, you know, over the years. Like I said, I've known him for a long time and spent a lot of time with him back on the Isle of Man back in the day. And uh, yeah, like you say, why wouldn't he be in a good place? You know, forget about the coronavirus for a second. Just in general, in life, bloody hell, he's got a lovely wife. Him and Tosh have been together forever. They get on really well. Two great kids, absolute crackers. He's five times world champion. He's probably achieved more than he ever thought he would do, really. Let's be honest. 
But what's in what the the interesting part, and I knew it, I knew what he'd say. It's still there in it. it the desire yeah. to win. He's he's far from done, Gav. Far from and done. And I'm glad there's I'm more glad, world champ. I'm glad as well. Yeah, you're right. More world championships to come. But I'm glad that he answered yeah, as well absolutely. about about the MotoGP thing. Because how many times have we asked it? Working as we it, but, do in yeah. MotoGP, that's one of the questions we get asked more than any. Why aren't Kawasaki coming? And why, why isn't Johnny there? Yeah, it sort of bores us the question because we've heard it so many times. But the the reality is. He'd give you the truth. That is the truth. He wasn't prepared to ride an absolute turd and risk, you know, it destroying his career. And you, the argument could be then, oh, yeah, but other riders have done that. Not really. As Julian I'm, Ryder once said, the... tests have shown. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though, isn't it? Tests have shown. Cal Crutchlow went there. Well, he didn't ride a turd. He weren't on an old CRT fart bike, was it? It, it, it was in Tech 3. Ben Spee's joined Tech 3, you know, and mm. obviously they were successful. If Johnny was offered a foot, the, the Tech 3 ride back in the day, he would have taken it. I'm sure he would yeah. have, you know. So, so yeah, it's not, it's not his fault that he is where he is, if that makes sense. And you can't blame him for making the most of it as he has either. And, and a long way to no. continue for him. All credit to him for the... The hard graft, the hard yakker he's putting over the years. We will be back with some other big guests very soon indeed. But uh, thanks again to Johnny Ray. Thank you at home uh, for listening. Keep liking, keep subscribing. Uh, keep telling your mates about it if, you, if you've enjoyed it. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Uh, have a lovely rest of your weekend, Neil. And I will speak to yeah. you uh, over it. <laughs> Same to you, Gavin. Don't forget, I love you, man. I love you. All right, we'll see you later, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. See ya, bye. Hello there. Can you hear me? Hello there. Yeah, so this microphone, right? It took, it took a while to answer then. Did it ring? Not ring for long. Yeah. No, it rang. Oh, it rang. But I oh, just, okay. I was, I'm, I'm well confused because right, I'm sat okay. here with my iPad open. Right. I've got my headphones into my phone. Right. I've got my microphone into my iPad. Yeah. When I, when I press the reporter, let me just go back once. Yeah, but is it, is it, is it, un- unplug the microphone and plug it back in? Yeah. Because sometimes it doesn't into recognize one. it. Yeah, but also plug it back into the iPad because it sort of needs okay. needs you to plug it back in to recognise that it's there. Just doing the fancy blow, um, right? What you what you what did you just do? Conf- you blew on it. Yeah, well, obviously, I've tried it; it's not working. So I don't know what to do. So I've blown on it. All right, <laughs> and now it's going to work. Oh my god! Last night, right? So I woke up this morning, instantly grumpy because my phone hadn't charged over the night. I mean, so I've kept plugged in for Listen to this song. No, it's serious. This is serious business. Right. Adding Johnny Ray. Jonathan to the call. He never tells me when they pick up, actually. Yeah, it's always a bit weird, that, isn't it? Oh, Jonathan Ray joined, I think. Hello, hello. All right. Now then. Can you hear us Neither. okay, Johnny? How are you doing? You're right. Well, I've seen a video call coming, but 
my so I'm not ready to video. Are we I videoing or what? No, 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 no. I'm not. Yeah, ready. that was the whole idea was video. We need to, we do naked video calls. You know we do, Johnny. You always like that. Oh, Don't man. try and pretend. Johnny, the, you Let know, me, um, you know the fact is that the only reason Neil would want to do it would be tops off. That's what, and, I, and obviously I'm not going to do that because uh, I look like a, a melted candle. Tell me this: what, how, how lucky have we been though with um, tops off in this weather? Unreal. I know. I know. Having having my top off, but that's from that's from years of living in the Isle of Man when it's when it's actually 15 degrees. You think it's the middle of summer, so actually getting <laughs> some decent weather. It's, um, hey, it's Johnny, been unreal. How many times have we been on the Isle of Man and it's literally it's colder than 15 degrees, and you're going down the prom or driving down the prom, and you'll see someone with a top off, and you're like. Mate, it's 13 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. But I'll tell you what, you know, I've, um, I've been back now in Belfast about, um, about a year and a half or so. And um, flip me whack, you just don't miss the winds. You can't believe how windy the Isle of Man was. Yeah. Um, such a beautiful place. But yeah, we've been definitely blessed during this lockdown with some decent weather here in the UK, hey? Yeah, yeah, it's made a been, difference, hasn't it? Yeah, completely. We were talking the other day about what. Imagine if it had been normal; <laughs> it had just been grey and tucking it down. How are you dealing with it all, anyway? No. We, we've been we've been discussing. Neil's a bit tetchy this morning. I've had a little bit of a rant. How how are you faring? Uh, pretty decent, to be honest. Um, we're recording, now, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's we just go straight into it, Johnny. There's nothing. There's nothing organised, though. <laughs> no, not that uh, I was going to stand back because, um, to be fair, I've been listening at all. To be fair, so good job, guys. I've been. I've got. I moved back here. We've got a pretty decent side place, so I've been doing loads of gardening. So I've got my phone. I put me and listen to you two waffle on. It's been great. Getting loads of um, loads of work done in the garden. That was sort of week one and two. And then, uh, yeah, sort of boredom hasn't crept in because, you know, in a motorbiker's career, there's you'd never get time off at all. There's always um, you think even being injured is is time off. Oh. Away from the track, it's up and down to doctors or physiotherapy, hyperbaric chambers or whatever. So it's actually been really Decent downtime, but in the same breath, I'm itching to ride my bike. We saw from the uh, the video that you put up, um, was it yesterday on social media? How's your signal? Is it? Are you hearing okay, Neil, or have you got breakup? There's breakup with Johnny, not with you. Yeah. How's your signal? Right. I, it's not great. I can go off my Wi-Fi and try 3G if that'll work. It might be. It yeah, might give that a go. Give that a go because it's dropping out. We keep we sort of catch it. It's gone again. Norman Collier is our favourite thing on this podcast because it's just every other word. We can edit this as well, by the way, Johnny. So don't worry. You know what I mean? The, the just whilst we get it sorted. When he says that, he means Gav can edit it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah Gav can edit <laughs> I'm it. Joking. <laughs> Gav does all the work. Can you hear us, Johnny? I think that's negatory on that. It started off good, didn't it? And it then started off it just, fine, it, and then it just sort of it went 
Speckly. Yeah. If he, if we can't, is there another way we can do speak to Jonathan? Can yeah. we can he do it on a phone call? Yeah, I'll do it on a phone call, like we did with um, yeah, okay. with Guy. But Guy, but, but yeah, there'll be a, yeah. But hopefully there'll be a better signal. Whereas Guy, there was just no signal, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny Ray left. Right. Jonathan left. Let me have another go. Uh, 